listen, listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, the Dr. Ron here, and the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. In our sixth year of podcasting on medical advice, medical advice that you can use, and trying to help you be the CEO of your own body because you have the right to ask questions and get answers and not have anything done to it before you will have full information okay really important more now than ever to turn to self-care edge self-education doctors are compromised most doctors work for big corporations they get their money from the government one way or another that's why the, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were not allowed to prescribe life-saving drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Why? Because the advisors decided to become deciders and politicians. Their expertise was politically motivated, motivated by money. And they ceased to be experts at all, but found themselves on television day in and day out. Things have changed and you have to change too, because Will Rogers said you could be on the right track, but if you don't move, you're going to get run over. Self-care, my, my friends, is really the true health care. So we have to take back our health. We have to be fully informed. Wherever there's a risk, we need full information. So I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because grateful people are happier. We are less depressed and we are more satisfied with our lives. And you know, gratitude has measurable effects on, on hormones in our body called neurotransmitters like serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, inflammatory cytokines, immune function, blood pressure, blood sugar, the sex hormone, testosterone, guys, oxytocin, and cortisol. And uh, you can measure the effects in a, in a grateful person. And gratitude also has been linked to improved self-care, you know, such as getting exercise, eating better, getting regular checkups and having less doctor visits. So with an attitude of gratitude, I do welcome you today. 
into a, a subject that I didn't know I was going to be uh, talking about until this morning. When I heard of some incidents of people going to the hospital because of one, uh, because of symptoms, and it turns out these symptoms were based on too many medications. So instead of a person, a person goes to the doctor, they, they have a diagnosis. Instead of the physician reviewing that it could possibly be due to the medication they were on, they added another one and it almost killed the person. So polypharmacy, ladies and gentlemen, it's an important health issue right now. We should be talking about it. And I may not get through it all today. It's especially true for the elderly, but as I'll tell you later on, it affects our children also. You know, people 65 and older make up about 13% of the population, but they use 33% of the prescription drugs. Estimates are by 2040, and that will increase to 25% of the population, and they will be using 50% of prescription medications. Excuse me. So they estimate 82% of adults in the U.S. take at least one medication in a given week. I mean, it is incredible. That's why the pharmaceutical companies are making tons of money. Among the elderly, 65 and over, close to 88% use at least one drug. And most are prescribed between two and six, and that is polypharmacy, ladies and gentlemen. And out of that two to six, one to three or four are non-prescribed. They're over-the-counter drugs, or maybe from a family member. And these, this polypharmacy, these take, this taking of more than three, four, five, or six drugs has a lot of bad effects and is a safety concern. And the elderly are at most risk for these adverse drug events. And they are at the most risk of drug interactions. Case in point, I accompanied a woman to a cardiology uh, appointment. The cardiologist listened to her uh, heart through her, her uh, blouse and covering, listened to her lungs without having her disrobe. He did listen to her carotid arteries, though, right on her neck. He said, oh, you're good. Your cardiogram looks good. Oh, by the way, your cholesterol's high. Let me prescribe some medication. And the patient said, I'm already on medication. Well, let me give you a stronger medication, or I can give you this one way you can inject yourself. It only costs $9,000 a month, but maybe we can get you approved for it. Did he look at all the other drugs she was taking? Did he ask her if she exercises? Did he ask her about her diet? Did he ask her and advise her about her weight? Did he not know that cholesterol is just a symptom of something else going on? It's just a result of inflammation going on in this person's body. But did he look to investigate that? No, I'll prescribe you a stronger statin. If that doesn't work, I'll give you this $9,000 a month drug that you can inject.
have to catch my breath. You know, these adverse drug events in the elderly account for 700,000 emergency visits and 100,000 hospitalizations every year. Incredible numbers, ladies and gentlemen. We have to be aware of it. We have to be aware of it for ourselves and for our loved ones. And one third of the elderly, 65 and over, can have an adverse effect to medications in a given year. It doesn't make any, it makes sense that as we get older, we don't metabolize drugs as we used to. Our livers aren't as efficient as they used to be. If you're prescribed just two medications, you have a 6% chance of having an adverse effect. If you're, if you're, you are taking five drugs, you have a 50% chance. If you're taking eight or more drugs, well, you know, obviously you, you should look around for another physician because you have a hundred percent chance of having an adverse drug event. And again, it's easy to get on a lot of drugs because there are no primary care physicians that collate all the information from all the other other specialists. People go to pulmonologists, diabetologists, uh, cardiologists, dermatologists, and everyone just says, well, let me give you a drug. And one thing that, that is important is that the more drugs you are, the more your mobility can be impaired. And mobility, how you get around your environment, isn't that essential for us as we get older? Isn't it essential for us to be mobile as, as, as senior citizens? Isn't it important for us to be mobile and not trip and break our hips? So these are the things that uh, really uh, just, just get my blood boiling, ladies and gentlemen. Especially as we get older, we get more frail. You know what? A frail person with decreased mobility falls and breaks their hips or shoulder, whatever. Break their spine. There's a fellow where I live, he has a, a spinal fracture. There's a study out there that shows that frail people with excessive polypharmacy of 10 drugs or more were six times more likely to die. We have to be aware of the drugs we are taking, ladies and gentlemen. Polypharmacy, the use of multiple medications by a single person is associated with multiple diseases and disability. And it's even worse in nursing home patients because of the difficulty with ambulation and, uh, and ultimate mortality. So is it the right thing to do to give patients multiple drugs in hope that they'll have some better quality of life? Don't we have to assess the risks of associated with giving multiple drugs? Don't we have to be aware that the more drugs we give in an elderly person, there are more drug interactions that will occur more frequently and that these interactions may increase or decrease the effect of one of the drugs that this person is taking. 
And you know, there's drugs coming out that take care of the side effects of other drugs, right? I, there's this, I, I try and not listen to these drug advertisers, but there's one out now for tardive dyskinesia caused by an antidepressant drug. Please, ladies and gentlemen, it's really important for you to know that polypharmacy is prevalent, especially in the elderly, especially if a person gets out of a hospital, they're usually discharged with a lot of medications, okay, because we don't handle drugs as we did when we were younger. And we should not be on so many medications. We should ask our doctors, why am I on this medication? Does it interact with any of the other medications I'm taking? Because prescription drugs, ladies and gentlemen, are more popular than hamburgers, than McDonald's hamburgers even. And I've talked about doctors as the third leading cause of death in the United States. One of the reasons is prescription drugs. You know, the average American, if you, uh, they say is, is prescribed 14 drugs, 3.9 billion in 2008. Big Max, 560 million sold, which is about two per, Amer per American. Billions, like over half, 500, billion dollars, half of a trillion dollars is spent on drugs. And we're not even getting into drug addiction today. But you have to realize we're in a different world now. We're in a world where people don't really care about your health. They care about making money. They're coming up with so-called miracle drugs. And then they advertise it directly to the consumer. And the consumer doesn't know anything about peer-reviewed studies. Studies, studies are junk. And the ones that show negative results are not even published. They're destroyed. And most people respond to these advertisements. They, they, they say that 10% of people, especially elderly, will ask their doctor to prescribe a drug they saw on television. And don't make any mistake, ladies and gentlemen, these drug advertisements fuel prescription drug costs. They influence our behavior. They influence your physician's behavior. They cause more people to take drugs. They create an artificial demand for legally, for legal drugs. They kill hundreds of thousands of people a year. We probably should have a study to see how many people die from legal drugs versus Ill illicit drugs, huh? How many people are, are, are injured because of taking these prescription drugs? I have an estimation in it from the New England Journal of Medicine that 2 million people are victims of prescription drug-induced illnesses, which included drug-induced obesity, diabetes, cancer, kidney disease, autism, caused by drugs, depression, heart failure. 
And we all know about the superbugs, the MRSA, that's sweeping the nation because we overused antibiotics. So we don't want to be lazy about this. We don't want to be lazy thinking. We want to have critical thinking about the drugs that we take. We want to question our physicians. Okay, polypharmacy, ladies and gentlemen. Definitions vary from three to five drugs. Dr. Gabby did an, uh, wrote an article about this. It says, elderly people are particularly susceptible to adverse effects of medication. An analysis showed that 7,533 hospitalizations, 7,500 op- uh, hospitalizations among people age 65 and older, 1,200 were judged to be due to adverse drug reactions. And I can tell you, the practice of putting people on multiple drugs is pervasive. And it looks like by studies that I've seen, the average Medicare patient is on four drugs and most were on four or five or more. The average nursing home patient is on seven. And you throw in their drugs that act on the central nervous system, affect the way you think, impair your mobility, increase your risk of falls, antidepressants, antipsychotics, anti-epileptics. And people think that gamapeptin, Neurontin is so safe. It's a CNS drug. Benzodiazepine, the old Valiums, benzos. Ambien. And this, these CNS drugs in elderly people pre- present a very, very real risk. You know, when you look at elderly people, what are they, they afraid of? They're afraid of dementia, right? Now, there was a study that looked at that. Mean age of 83 years. The people in the study were averaged 83 years old. And it looks like polypharmacy accounted for close to 58% of the dementia. The most frequently used drug were antidepressants. Gamapeptin was in this, this, this list of drugs. So maybe the dementia is not Alzheimer's. Maybe it's due to drugs. But we don't know unless we have a physician that can work with you to get you on the minimal drugs needed, if any. But the FDA keeps approving drugs like uh, Carter makes make liver pills. And now they're pres- they're coming out with, as I said earlier, drugs to treat the side effects of other drugs. And they're not cheap. Now, there are legitimate reasons, don't get me wrong, 
There are legitimate reasons for prescription drugs. The CNS active medications, there are reasons for it. But we have to know the risks that it could send a patient on a downward spiral. We have to consider the risks of drug interactions in the elderly. Again, you have to be the CEO of your own body. You have to be able to ask questions. You have to be able to ask, what alternatives do I have? Can I change my lifestyle? Should I be doing more aerobic exercise? Should I be involved in more community activities? Should I be taking supplements? B12, iron, whatever. Should I, maybe if I'm really anxious, instead of putting me on a drug, maybe the doctor should say, maybe discontinue your caffeine. Take L-tryptophan at bedtime. Take magnesium. I don't know the what in particular for that particular person, because we're all individual, but the doctors don't have time for that. Let me get my prescription pad. I'll give you a drug. Peripheral neuropathy, I don't know. It's pervasive down here in, in Southwest Florida among all us old people. And gamma peptin is, looks like the drug of choice and people are really uh, not with it, taking that drug. But maybe they should be try, have a trial of B12 injections as an alternative to gamma peptin. And don't go by your laboratory tests on a lot of these vitamins because, because uh, they don't really show you the real deficiency. You just have to do what we call empirical trial. Give it a shot for a couple months. See if it, ha it, it, it helps. It definitely won't hurt. Remember, there have been no deaths from vitamins. No deaths from vitamins. And this, this report comes out every year from the American Association of Poison Control Centers. Zero deaths from vitamins. You know, dementia is very difficult to treat. But why not start out with natural medications? Maybe taking some away may be the answer. Elderly dementia patients with dementia have, it's been shown to have low levels of B12 in their cerebral spinal fluid, despite their blood test being normal. Magnesium has been found to be low in their, in their uh, tissues, in spite of a normal blood test. So we have to find and ask for options to the prescription pad. And then, you know, we have to be aware that you some of us are popping over the over the counter drugs. You know, I've told you in the past how many drugs seem unrelated to mental issues and can cause depression and suicidal behavior. 
you know, remember I told you about Seliquy, uh, you know, the uh, psoriasis drug. Remember I told you a year ago about Tamiflu. I've been talking about this since 2017. Do you know that Tamiflu and Singulair can cause depressive symptoms and are associated with suicide? That's a disaster. You know that a National Health and Nutrition Examination survey found one-third of adults in the U.S. are currently taking drugs that have a potential to make them depressed and increase their risk of suicide? There was over 200 of them. It ranged from hormonal birth control pills to pills for heart disease, blood pressure, pain medications, acid suppressors like the proton pump inhibitors, Nexium and, and Prevacid, acid blockers like Zantac and Tagamet. And when you combine them, you have a recipe for a tragedy, ladies and gentlemen, because the risk of depression is three times higher if you're taking three or more of, the, of those drugs. Polypharmacy. And these drugs don't have warning labels on them. Over-the-counter drugs don't, do not have to do that. And a lot of physicians don't take the time to, to read it anyway, and they maybe don't, do not even know about the risk of depression or suicide. How about Shantex? You wanted, you wanted to go stop smoking, and you, you come across a drug that could that has suicidal tendencies. So a lot of these drugs can mess with our minds and if they mess with the mind of an elderly, they'll get labeled. They'll be sent for all kinds of tests. And maybe all it would take is taking something away. So almost any medication, I mean, not to make you, you depressed, but it can put you at risk. So it's important for you, know, you to know the warning signs, especially of depression. And how about our children? You know, uh, too, too often pediatricians now are just vaccine givers. I think, what do, what do children get? 60 some shots of vaccines, over 30 some vaccines? So it's not, uncommon for them to reach for a prescription pad for a kid that, that might be a little hyperactive. But this same, this same organization, the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, found that over 23 children in the United States are being given multiple medications. The most heavily prescribed diagnosis was for asthma. But you know, there were also antidepressants and stimulants that were given to children to treat this ADHD. Isn't that crazy? And even the, 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 the research is showing that one in 12 of these children taking more than one medication is in danger of sudden death due to a drug interaction called the QT prolongation. By the way, that is a black box warning on ZPAC. 
Or you people that say, oh, my, my doctor gave me a Z-Pack to make sure I don't have something. Well, did he tell you you could have a heart attack and your, your heart could stop because of this of QT prolongation? It's a black box warning. We'll take a closer look. We have to think. We have to think and ask questions, especially in the elderly and maybe quadruple times for the children. And I'll tell you, it, the studies that I've read over my 57 years in practice, there's not a lot of great studies on children. And sometimes even the so-called specialists are surprised by effects. They didn't expect it because it wasn't studied. And he, because even the ones that are thoroughly studied, as I, I told you maybe a couple of weeks ago about black box warnings, all the drugs after 11 years came out with black box warnings, serious side effects. So maybe if you're taking more than one drug, you could think of that game at the casino called Russian Roulette, huh? So maybe the solution again is yourself. Ask your doctor, ask your pharmacist about the potential interactions every time you or your child start taking a new drug and see if they really know. I guess we want to take as few drugs as possible. And you know, if you've been on drugs for a long period of time, you really need a good physician to work with you because the de-prescribing drugs is it could be really tricky. There's lots of uh, systems that have to be taken into account and patients have to be fired as the uh, uh, follow closely as they're taken off medications. Physicians who are consulted to deep, deep, well, it's hard for me to say, deep prescribed drugs, right? have to have a good knowledge of what they're doing. And you have to follow them. So let me just, uh, if I can find it. There's a, if you're, you're around Southwest Florida, you'll be happy to know that uh, there's a pharmacy called Apothecare 360. And you can take your drugs there. And they'll, they'll go through them with you to see if they, you have any interactions. And uh, their, their website is Apothecare, A-P-O-T-H-I-C-A-R-E, Apothecare360.com. Their phone number is 239-690-7700, 239-690-7700. And if you want to drop them an email, you can do it through the website and address it to Joe at apothecare360.com. It's a great compounding natural pharmacist pharmacy that can uh, help uh, you with all your prescription needs right here in Southwest Florida, personal care, they'll get to know you.
polypharmacy. You know, it's just, it, it is, uh, you know, so maybe now, you know, if a person goes to a physician with, with different, uh, especially elderly with, with complaints, I think the first thing that should be done is the physician should go through the drug and consider the diagnosis of a drug reaction before they go into any other di diagnoses. Because I think it's being overlooked. I really do. That's why I'm bringing it up today. And this has to do with a physician, not from a computer program, from a physician getting feeling that, well, this, drug, this, this patient could have too much medication. This, this medication may be causing these symptoms. And then your physician maybe should prioritize your medications. See which ones you really need and which ones could potentially be discontinued or deprescribed. That's, that's really an intervention. It really is a treatment. Deprescribing is a treatment. You, you don't have to prescribe for a treatment. You can deprescribe for a treatment, huh? And it's a challenge, a challenge for you because you may be used to taking certain drugs. Or you, you uh, and it's a challenge for the physician who can feel pressure to address multiple issues at any visit. And maybe he doesn't have enough time to go through this uh, deprescribing de uh, decision. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Dr. Ron, Unfiltered, Uncensored. Our topic today was polypharmacy. If you need more information, uh, drop me a line at docronradio, docronradio at gmail.com, docronradio at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for a podcast that you would like me to consider, let, let me know. So I, I get a little emotional about this because I, I, I live in a continuing care community and I see people's health going downhill every time they prescribe something. And, uh, you know, there's a saying, no advice asked for a none given, but it's really hard to be quiet. So I thought, well, let's bring it out on the podcast and let's spread it around. Uh, taking too many medications uh, could be dangerous. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm on everything. Podbean is my home for the uh, podcast. Uh, uh, Pod page has a nice website for me. Spotify, uh, Alexa, uh, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn Radio. The name of the podcast is Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Spread the word. Thank you for listening. And with an attitude of gratitude, we will see you next week. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. 
When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week